Effortless, effortless, effortless. Spiegel pedal effortless, 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 effortless. Spiegel pedal effortless. Perfect dark link. Spiegel Wii. It has been what, pedal? Four years? Five. Eternity. Five years? No, we did it we did a show in uh in two thousand sixteen because that's when I first visited you and we did a live we did a three <laughs> we did a three hour live in person show where I do you even remember what we talked about? It's been so long. Honestly I don't. And that's sort of depressing to think about. I know we played Halo that week. We played uh the Oregon Trail. Uh, but that like the Apple II version with the graphics and everything. Best version. And uh, we played, we played Perfect Dark. Uh, that was my first Perfect Dark experience. Um, and then we also played, uh, oh, Pocket Card Jockey on the 3DS. You stole you remember the words that thing? from my mouth. Pocket Card Junkie. I think I put 18 hours into Pocket Card Junkie that week. What are we doing? What are we talking about, ladies and gentlemen? This is effortless. Um, those of you who are listening to this expecting a Bombers episode, you didn't get one this week because, well, guess what? You know, sometimes life happens and you just got to you just gotta record a one-off podcast that uh, revisits your roots. And, uh, Piddle, we've got some roots. Effortless is a podcast that we did for like four to six years ago in the past. Just the two of us. And uh, we're just the two of us. We're back. No Deg, no Zyber, no, uh, no mysterious fifth Bomber, just us. What do you think? I'm excited. I loved our show, honestly. It was amazing. It was amazing. Perfect and, chemistry. And you guys are going to really... Yeah, our, well, f- uh, please. Our chemistry was amazing. And really, uh, you guys, the fans, are going to get a real taste of... Uh, you're going to get some Spiegel and some Piddle, a real taste of us, somehow. Right in both of your ear holes. What are we... <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put ourselves in your ear holes. Um Piddle, what are we uh, what are we talking about on today's effortless? Uh, we typically, uh, I guess, to outline it, this podcast is a lot more freeform than the other one. If you can believe that, we go a lot more in depth. What are we? Uh, we're doing a whole episode on on this, or like half an episode on this first topic here. Yeah, so I'll, I'll run through all that. We might not have time for everything, but we're going to get started with yours and my Mario tier list for all these Super Mario Brothers games. Um, all the ones with Super Mario in it, really. Except for, like, Super Paper Mario. No, like, Mario Kart. No, Mario Party. No, Mario Teaches Typing. No, uh, Mario, like, Rule 34 Flash No, Mario games. is missing. Um, I know you're really disappointed about that one. Yeah. Well, I really like the graphics in that game, because it's a super... It's like an NES game that looks like a Super NES game. It's actually really impressive. But, yeah, just the platformers. All the platformers in the series. After that, we are going to talk a little bit about another game with Super in it, uh, followed by something you played, a trilogy. Yeah, su- a Super Capcom visual novel trilogy. Which is one of my favorites. I haven't played it in a I while. Ju- I so. just gave it away. I'm really curious what your thoughts are on it. Then we're going to talk about uh, a few games I've played the within the Metro series, Metro 2033 and Last Light. And Metro Other M. Nope. We we don't talk about that one. We're also going to talk about okay, Pokemon. That's the, that's the dark sheep of the Metro franchise. 
Yeah, Pokemon, uh, Pokemon Leaf Green and Fire Red, and uh, I guess possibly the Pokemon series as a whole. Gonna kind of wing that one a little bit. I've been playing Leaf Green, but uh, I fully anticipate it's going to lead into a larger discussion about why I don't like Pokemon anymore. I have a lot to say on that. I, I don't know how long this podcast is going to be. Uh, typically, we try to keep Bombers a tight hour. Um, just maybe we'll put like a little break in the middle of this podcast so that we, when we get to the end of the Mario stuff, you can you can take a break and just you know come back to it later. Um, we're going to talk. We're going to talk a lot. So I have a question for you. This tier list that we have put together, okay. which, which for those who don't know, we put this together right before the show. And I was amazed at how how few changes we actually made it was like what three four games well yeah because had some we, slight changes well we each we each did our own list kind of in our in our head i think you wrote yours down mine was kind of in my head but you kind of walked through yours and i was like yeah i think that makes sense i think that goes in the a tier yeah that goes in the c tier oh maybe this one belongs in the b tier not so sure about that but you're right largely we agreed on most of this stuff and uh i think you'll find that most mario fans would probably agree if they've experienced every game in the mario series uh like we have there's only one game on this list between the two of us that we have not played and one of us has played it so we've got opinions on all of them do you want to start from the bottom or the top I think you have to start from the top in a list like this because I'm only going to get angrier as it goes on. And as I get angrier, I get more entertaining. Just ask oh, the fans. Okay. I, I, I know our fans are always right. So let's get started then. S Whatever. tier so Mario we, we did, uh Yeah, we did S S tier through F tier because Piddle said we had to have an S tier because S is the best, even though it's like the 20th letter of the alphabet. Well, it's because so many Mario games are already incredible that... How do you how do you distinguish them? Like so many of these, I would put as fives, five of five games. But yeah, that's there's... true. Uh, I think that um, I I think it would help to define the tiers too, S through F. So S would be your not only a five out of five game, but also um, a revolutionary game, perhaps, yeah. uh, possibly just an all time great game that must be experienced by everybody. Right? Yeah, basically the pinnacles of the series. Now, how would you describe an A-rank game or an A-tier game? Incredible experiences, but just lacking that... I mean, they're basically perfect games, but they're lacking some degree of magic. That little extra bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, B-tier is... You know, they're they're solid, but you're not going to be frothing to replay them. Like, you, you'll maybe like, you'll think about replaying them, but you'll be like... <laughs> Like you don't have, you'll go. Oh wait, this one is better. I'd rather play this. You don't one. have rabies. Yeah. Uh, C tier. So the A tier. To in su- in summary, the S tier and A tier games uh, give you rabies. The B tier, you know, maybe you should get a shot for rabies just in case. C tier, you know, they just nipped you. They didn't break the skin, right? What's a C tier game? C tier are just they're sort of forgettable. I- I'd say that's well, C tier. Like there's there's a lot of the games that you remember. Yeah. But there's a lot that just is forgettable. I mean, I think forgettable is maybe the wrong word. I think I think uninteresting, maybe, at, at its worst. I, forgettable is, is a difficult yeah, word, maybe, given some of the games that we have in this category. Maybe more, it's just you play them and you go through the motions playing them in good chunks of the yeah, game. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. Yep, that's a good way to describe it. Uh, D tier, I would describe as games that end up being frustrating. 
at times and you just you don't really want to replay them but you might replay them i would call the d tier and we and to you know uh full disclosure we have the fewest number of games in the d tier but uh the d tier is i would say fundamentally flawed games that are still like playable but not really an ideal experience i mean it's still mario when it comes down to it it's still fun it's just not ideal and then we have the f tier mario games which are the ones that are we wish we could remove them from series franchise history they're not good games they're not even not good mario games they're just not good games period and they come on yep nobody play these so getting started with the S tier, the best of the best, the cream, cream of the crop, I've got Super Mario 64. Uh, it should be noted, by the way, these are not in order. Um, like we haven't ordered them within the tiers. It's too That would be too controversial. But you've got Super Mario 64 first yep. here. And let's talk about Mario 64. My gosh, uh, not everybody we do bombers with would agree that this is an S tier game. But to me... I mean, to be really the first major 3D game to do it and do it well, all of the different worlds that that you have to explore. I mean, talk about, we were talking about variety a little bit before the podcast. Like, every world is incredibly distinct. There's 15 of them. The the game has a really nice challenge that's not entirely related to the control scheme. Um, It's just got so much, there's so much life and so much personality that they, it felt like they took Mario world and just like stretched it out from 2d into 3d and that's kind of what you got with mario 64 for me it's the magic it's a crazy game it's the magic it's so magical yeah and that was one thing that a lot of the follow-ups failed to capture for me uh like they may have been magical in some ways but other ways brought the experience down mario 64 um especially that first like two-thirds of it i think is incredible um playing with Mario, the moveset is perfect for just playing around. And I think that itself is huge in just terms of being acrobatic with Mario and having fun with him. Yeah. What's funny is before you said that I was, I was actually going to ask you what you thought about the lack of power-ups in this game. Cause there's only three, there's the flying cap, there's the metal cap and there's the, uh, the invisibility cap or whatever. Um, not a lot of those, but I think they make up for it with the number of moves that they give Mario. That I mean, in Mario World, you could jump and you could spin, and that was pretty much it. Uh, in this game, you can kick, you can punch, you can jump, you can do a, a butt stomp, you can you know wall kick. There's just so many different things that add to the experience and 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 really help you traverse the worlds that they that they built for the you. The one thing I wish that it had more of was the wing cap. That's about it. And I wish that... I didn't really enjoy flying around that much. I think the wing cap would have been nice to have. I mean, more as a late game item um, in one of the games we're going to talk about in a second here. That's also S tier. But between going into the paintings, finding castle secrets, uh, all the secret stars, the way that the levels were open... So you could go in for one star, but get a completely different star at most points of the game. There's there's very just a handful of instances where you select a star, and that's what you sort of have to do. Um, I mean, it's been my favorite for for ages and ages and ages until one of them sort of equaled it, in my opinion. 
We'll talk, we'll talk about that in just a second because I know which one you're referring to. But one more thing before we move on from Mario 64. Um, favorite level, go. First one that comes to your head. It's it's honestly just the very first level. Uh, the bob Battlefield? Yeah, bob Battlefield. Yeah, I love that one. Um, I love, uh, I think my favorite, uh, this was upon replaying it with the Mario All-Stars collection, uh, TikTok Clock. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, but that is a crazy freaking level. Um, it's so like it's got that verticality that none of the other levels really have. It's fun to feel as though you're climbing up this big that like the innards of a clock from the bottom of the of the clock and and the the hands of the clock are going around on the inside and it doesn't make any sense. Why would there be so many different things pivoting and and turning? It doesn't make any sense, but I love it. It's so cool. It's you can stop time, and there's certain stars you can't get if you stop time. So like some of them, you have to face the inner workings of the clock. It's awesome. I also really enjoy the all of the Bowser levels, basically. Yeah, they're cool. Um, I I wish that there were maybe more of them. In in another game that we're going to talk about, like the castles in Super Mario World. I don't want to get too much into it now, but I really liked the castles in that game, and I, I kind of wish that there were. Maybe a few more of those, but no perfect games. Mario 64 isn't perfect. You know, the camera, maybe lack of power-ups, as I mentioned. But camera controls are I think are Mario a 64 dated, is stellar. Yeah, you, They're dated, but, you know. You mentioned another S-tier. Super Mario World. Super Mario World is uh, another S-tier Mario game that we've got. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I I think Mario World is a great example of exactly how you should build a 2D platformer. It's not only does it have excellent world design, but it has excellent power-ups. Every level feels different because of the way in which the power-ups you get can affect how you explore it. Like if you get the P-Wing, for example, and you go flying everywhere, I mean, that that really opens up a lot of the levels and and kind of it allows you to use the power-ups to find secrets. Like you, So you have to kind of put the two together. You have to really get to know the seemingly very linear um, level designs and and explore them inside and out, which is not something that really had been done in, in platformers to that point. I feel like exploring a linear level to find alternate exits. Uh, it, Mario World really was the first game to do that, to my yeah, knowledge. Yeah, the number of multiple exits is With like really every what level. sets it apart. It's, yeah, there's, how many levels don't have multiple exits? It feels well, like first half of all, the there's game. like eighty plus levels, right? And like over half of them have multiple exits to find. And it's it's cra- like you could play through that game normally, and you could maybe not even see like half of it if you're on your first time through because there's just so much to find. It's all hidden. It's crazy. Half, I'd say you'd be lucky to see like a third of it. it well, there's certain levels you may not even be able to get through the game if you're not actively looking for the secret exit. But uh, that's that's a different uh, that's a different topic. Yeah. What what I'll say about Mario World is. I played it late. Um, I played a lot of the other Mario games, like including Super Mario 64 and Sunshine before I played Super Mario World. And you're old, so that actually means something. Because like I played those games... No, no offense. I played those games uh, before Mario World because that's the era that I grew up in and I didn't have access to Mario World. But when I actually played it, it was it grew on me more and more and more. And it is it is the 2D Mario that I revisit quite frequently now because the controls are so tight all the like just the secrets exits 
bring out so much for the game. Um, the different Yoshi colors and uh, their effects, depending on if they're like holding a shell in their mouth. I love it. Also, the music. I feel like we could we could do a whole podcast on how cool Super Mario World is because, again, nothing had been done like that at the time. And if you if you look back at that era of video games and like the Sonic the Hedgehog and Mario comparisons, like I remember there was there was a, a commercial where um, Sonic the Hedgehog was powering a race car, and uh, and it might have been Mario World or maybe it was Super Mario Kart actually, but it was like powering this broken down old van. Do you remember that? I don't think I've seen and that they, one. They they like they showed a little bit of each game uh, on the screen that was powering the vehicle, and they showed the Sonic stuff. I'm like, yeah, it looks cool, but I really want to play Super Mario World now. Um, so I I don't know. Maybe that advertising didn't have the effect that uh, Sega had intended because Mario World is an awesome game, and you shouldn't be using it. To, you like you shouldn't juxtapose your cool new franchise to Mario World. You're probably going to lose every time. I don't think we. I have anything more to say on Mario World. Well, nope. Let's move on. I do, but it would just be too much. So our last S <laughs> tier game is the newest Mario Super Mario Odyssey, and what a delivery by Nintendo on this one! I felt like the magic of Mario game, three D Mario games, especially, was lost until I played this game. I think there was a lot of hemming and hawing about the galaxy games when they first came out because they were really they were probably like the first good Wii exclusives and they were they were revolutionary at the time because of the different things that they they made you do and the way that the gravity kind of warped the way that you had to think about the world but it didn't have the magic of mario 64 because it it just wasn't the worlds didn't feel fully realized. They just felt like little obstacle courses that you were running around on. Odyssey created like 20 or something fully realized worlds to run around in with the same crazy freaking moveset that you got with Mario 64, but with the added capability of using your cap to capture and control like 40 different enemies and and objects over the course of the game. It, it's just, it added, you want to talk about variety? I mean, Odyssey is the correct term for this game. It is a crazy adventure. And what I want to mention about Odyssey is that, like 64, you could basically do anything you want. And you could find new moons, in this case. Uh, pretty like 900 moons. Yeah, you could find them just naturally throughout the game, thinking, oh, hey, this looks like an interesting thing. I want to go over there, or I want to try this thing. And, hey, I, I found a moon. Whereas Galaxy, it was, you pick a level... You do it. And like Do the challenge. Yeah, you yeah. do that specific challenge for that level. And it just lacked that that freedom. Um Yeah. Odyssey Odyssey in particular is really good about just rewarding exploration. Like you could do that in Mario sixty four. You mentioned it earlier by choosing a star, a level, and then just going to do something completely different within that level, and you sometimes would still get another star. That was the limitations of the N64, but the Switch doesn't have those limitations. And it, it's a really just, it's a massive open game. It's its just a big sandbox to play around in. It's honestly incredible to me just thinking about it um, and how much time you can put into that Don't game. Don't you want to well. go play it right now? Screw the podcast. I do. Let's go play Mario I actually, <laughs> I am probably going to play a Super Mario Odyssey after this podcast now, if I'm honest. Maybe maybe that's the game to get you. Did you ever um did you you never finished that game like with all the moons and stuff, did you? I think I'm like sitting at 500 
50 moons. I still have so much. Uh, man, I really wish that. That's one of those games I wish I could go back and enjoy for the first time. I did, like, I did Dark Side of the Moon and all that, um, all the extra levels for the most what? part. But I don't think that's that's not what it's called, is it? I, I, I don't know. Isn't that what it's called? Okay. Like darker Side of the Moon? I don't know. Um, I don't know. So I, I did, like, most of those extra levels. I just, I have a lot of stuff to discover yet. Which, hey, that's a, exciting for me. Yeah, go explore and have fun. Uh, just like Fable 2, explore and have fun. That's your mission. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's move on to the A tier. Piddle, I'll let you lead these ones off. Um, our first A tier game barely missed out on the S tier. And this is one of the ones that we had to argue over a little bit. Super Mario Brothers 3. This is a hard one. I wanted to put it in S tier. However, when we even just discussing Mario World and how you can have all the additional exits, I realized Mario 3 does not really have that. Mario 3 just has the level as an obstacle. Yeah, some of those levels have secrets where you can get like a power up and whatnot, but that's basically it. That's basically basically the extent of getting those power ups. So, but everything else, I feel like that's in Mario world, for example, is there the variety. Um, there's so many one-off levels, like the one with the Karibos shoe and yeah, the world design is incredible. I love the themes of each world, especially the, like the giant world. I love the Koopalings and their introduction and how they all played out in terms of combat. Um, I love the challenge towards the end. I'm not going to lie. I got stuck as a kid for a long time on the uh, fast scrolling airship level. That one just always did me in. I mean, that's not really an embarrassing thing to admit. That game is an NES game. Ergo, it's not easy. Yeah. Um, and, and being an NES game too, it does have the limitations that Mario world, Mario world was able to kind of throw off those shackles a little bit and be, it was able to kind of be the game. I think Mario three wanted to be without those limitations. Um, so ultimately I, I'm 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 glad that we went with A tier on this uh on this particular list, but don't let the A ranking put you off of playing Mario 3 if you've never played it. It's basically the best Mario 2D experience you could possibly have, if not for Super Mario World. Yeah. I agree hundred percent. All right, the next game uh, from the A-tier rank is Super Mario 3D World, which maybe a lot of people didn't see coming. Um, it's coming to the Switch early next year, Piddle. I don't know if you're getting it. I know that I am. And uh, I'm pretty adamant about this game being in the A-tier. What do you think about Super Mario 3D World? Originally, the Wii U exclusive came out about seven years ago as of this recording. How is it uh, held up? So for me, it's... A really, really good game. The only thing I don't like it about it nowadays is the those beginning like couple worlds, which are not challenging, and that's just more my experience with the series. Um, and I get sort of frustrated just having to grind through some of those earlier levels. But man, this game is it's Super Mario World, but three D, basically. That's that's the only way I can it's describe it. It's a really it. good name. 
it's a really good name for that uh, for that particular game. And coming off of Super Mario 3D Land right into 3D World, I remember a lot of us at the time were like, "What are they? What are they doing? This isn't like the real Mario game that we wanted." And and it it wasn't. But at the same time, it also showed basically a masterful level of understanding of what a great Mario game should yep. be. Um, it has crazy power ups. I mean, the end of the game, like the last set of levels, is insane. Like Champions Road, you remember Champions Road? Did you ever beat that thing? It took me like three and a half hours. It's yeah, so hard. It's, I one hundred percented it on the Wii U. I will not get it on Switch, by the way, just because I don't know. I got um. You're trying to keep the value of your Wii U alive, basically. I mean, I just don't need to spend the sixty dollars again, kind of thing. I already have. I it. do. I need to spend. <laughs> I need to spend all my money on things I already own. Um. Uh, so Mario 3D World. I just one more thing before we move on. Um, I love the the cherries. Oh yes, that, uh, create multiple. That th- that power up is crazy. I really really enjoy that level or that power up, especially when I mean every every instance of it when it's used as a puzzle mechanic, as well as when it's used as just like a go ham kind of thing. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's Mario 128 fully realized. Uh, for the Wii U, I think, and and also the we didn't even talk about it. The multiplayer in this game, uh, really a big step up, I think, from what's available in the new Super Mario Brothers games for the Wii and the Wii U. Um, I think this game is actually genuinely fun to play with other people, as opposed to those games, which I don't particularly enjoy. Yeah, because you're you're not others. necessarily getting in your way, like each other's way. So it's a lot easier to you know play it together. And not just make the game harder, which is basically what. Well, there's a the, bigger space. Yeah, right. That that additional axis helps a lot. All the collectibles, it's just there's so much. There's so much going on under, underneath the surface with Mario 3D World, um, and it's a it's a must play Mario game. Honestly, like again, easy to write off because it's a Wii U game, but I hope that a lot of you that just had the Switch go ahead and pick that game up next uh next winter. So I'm really curious what our fans will think of this next pick because I feel like some people will vehemently disagree um and pick its predecessor. Oh, I don't know. Super Mario Galaxy 2. I think Super Mario Galaxy 2 is the better of the two games. There's more variety, it's a harder game, freaking Yoshi. Um it it, it literally takes any notion of a hub world and throws it out the window entirely. But honestly, I think the game is better for that. I didn't like running around the Rosalina's starship yeah. thing because it was stupid. There, there was no challenge. You just had to go from place to place. Like if you're not going to challenge me by creating an interesting hub world to run around in, then just make it the starship Mario, which is just Mario's head. And you just keep stepping on the thing to go to a new level. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's that hub is much more, user friendly and since the starship had no exploration why even have it it just wasted your time it didn't respect yeah, it your was, time nope i mean that's a kind of a weird thing to say but we'll, we'll get to this when we talk about mario galaxy but there does seem to be a lot of wasted time when playing mario oh, galaxy yeah. it adds up i think mario galaxy 2 just gets you right into the action and that that game gets really intense with the challenge too i think they finally got the i think they got the gameplay thing right with galaxy 2 yeah, it, I think it's just a well-rounded game. There's not the t- the challenges for the stars are 
more engaging and difficult. It's it's a better game for me. Again, it's been it just a while lacks since I played magic. it. How long is it? How long is it? How long has it been for you? I think it's been about five years, six years for me. Basically, since it came out, I have not revisited so Mario Galaxy or you. Galaxy Two. So I, I think, uh, I, man, you said you were going to play Mario Odyssey after the podcast. I might go check out Galaxy Two. It's been a long time, um, and I think it's. It, I just finished Galaxy from the Mario All Stars collection a couple weeks ago. I think it might be time to uh, check that out again. Maybe I'll get it on a Wii U. Download it. <laughs> Because you can't get it on Switch. Uh, but yeah, you can get it on Wii U if you have one. All right, uh, let's move on to the B tier. Piddle, you want to start reading off some of these games that I have virtually no opinions on? Yeah, I don't have much to say about these games. Um, so first up is, and I'm just going to clump these together, New Super Mario Brothers Wii and New Super Mario Brothers U. Uh, just a reminder, just because they're in their t- that tier doesn't mean like we put them above or below others. It's just they're about the same kind of. And yeah, these games are basically identical. They're they're really solid. Yeah, I mean they're Mario so, games. they're solid games. Yeah, good level design. Um, you Mario Brothers U is the one that I played. I actually didn't play the Wii version. Um, I thought Mario Brothers U was actually surprisingly challenging. Um, in a way that I'm not used to newer Mario games being. It, I mean the earlier levels are pretty easy, and and there's lives and coins for days. But uh, I enjoyed the like the little spinny hat power up. Um, in those in those games, I enjoyed the the acorn in the uh, in Mario U that turned you into a like flying squirrel thing. Um, there were some there were some cool things going on in that game, and and being able to play it in HD, it w- it was a, I mean, it had the Mario like the new Super Mario Brothers visuals, so it wasn't like that attractive, but it was it was nice to to see it kind of fully it realized was clean, in HD though. at the time. That was the big thing. It was just really yeah. really clean. Yeah, it was clean. Uh, and we didn't really have the resolution, but. Because of the art direction, it w- looked fine. Um, it's gets really difficult at the end. Really, really difficult. The power-ups, I feel like, you know, the propeller hat, it was enjoyable, but it wasn't... The freedom that the power-ups um, of you and we gave just aren't on the same level as, like, what's in Super Mario Brothers 3 or Super Mario World. And that's my biggest thing. I mean, Mario World, you back. could basically, like you could break the levels. I mean, you saw it in the wizard when the, the kid uh, like who never even played Mario three before took the P wing and just like flew up behind a thing and discovered a yeah. secret exit. I mean, you couldn't really do that as much in, in Mario U. I mean, you're breaking, you're breaking the levels wide open with, with the power-ups in, in those two games. And you couldn't really do that in the new super Mario brothers games. Oh, uh, we just talked about Mario galaxy two. We have the original Mario galaxy in the B tier. This was a game I was, really really hyped for in the beginning uh i was so excited for it i was i thought you know the magic is back and we've sort of talked about it the hub world it just the controls are great it just lacked some type of magic that i can't place um we we keep going back to that that term magic i think and yeah, it it might seem like a little bit of a cop out, but I don't think it can really be denied in the in the case of like a Mario Galaxy. Is the game gameplay perfect? Yeah, essentially, Mario's controls super tight. Um, I never feel like he's doing anything that I didn't tell him to do, like in other Mario games that we'll talk about. Uh, but it just doesn't have that like <clears throat> like it just it feels discovery. like discovery. That's what the it magic just feels really like. Is. They had a bunch of ideas. 
they had a bunch of ideas and they like put them into a game and it works. It's it's a functional Mario game and it's enjoyable, yeah. but it's not epic. Yeah, like it, you have these things. That, it feels sort of paint by the numbers in a way. Um, I wouldn't go as far as that, but I I, I do think because I it, it's too creative to be paint yeah. by the numbers. I, I think just in terms of like it's really really cool ideas. It's like they've got this they've got the formula down in terms of paint by the numbers. I think that's what I mean. It's like they have the formula down in galaxy in terms of like you're doing something and it's interesting and it's fun and it's challenging at times, but the magic comes from the discovery element that is in odyssey that's in 64 that's in Mario world with like finding um, alternate exits. And that just doesn't really exist. You don't do things in Mario galaxy and go, Oh my gosh, I just found that on my own. I did that. That was cool. That was unexpected that doesn't really happen in galaxy that often uh one more comment on galaxy before we move on to our other b tier game um spring mario pardon my language fucking sucks yep i'm gonna agree with that all right uh last game in the b tier we have super mario land 2 six golden coins (laughs) i think it could i mean i think the argument is like you could put this in a c tier game it's it's pretty base or it's extremely basic because it's a Game Boy game. I think this is where Nintendo started to really figure out the Mario formula of just like, hey, let's do these cute little areas with all these different themes and we'll have different like gameplay mechanics based off of where you are. Um, it introduced Wario really well, I think. And it had the the moon level, which we've never really seen before. Um I really love how the moon level is introduced in the game myself um, and how it's there's sort of like the interaction with the environment of the world. Yeah, I just I really, really like this game. I thought the moon level was cool. Um, and, and the game in general has a lot of really cool ideas but in the same way that Mario Galaxy did. In a way, it's it's almost the Super Mario Galaxy 2 of its age and of its console because it's following up a game like Super Mario Land, which was pretty basic. Um, with some really interesting, unique ideas, and uh, it made it's that much better for it. Um, do I think it's great? Mm, I, I'm maybe a little lower on this game than you are, just because it's it's so it's simple. It's so Game Boy it's simple, <laughs> but uh, as I, but I like it. It's it's a solid game. I think B tier is appropriate, even if I don't completely agree. Yeah, I can see the argument for it being below, but you know what? We can leave that for our fans to discuss and. Disagree. Let's argue about something that's at the. Let's argue about a game in the C tier, which barely made the C tier. Shall we? Uh, which one? <laughs> you know which one? The one that's going to be the controversial one. Super Mario World Two, Yoshi's Island. Yeah, we said it. Um, man. You know, I'll, I I'll think... take the. I'll fall on the sword. Why not? I'll fall on the sword here. Okay, Yoshi's Island. Interesting game has a lot of really memorable moments, a lot of really memorable, certainly the sound effects and the music, very memorable. You've got Baby Mario, who everybody loves, apparently. Uh, Secrets everywhere. You like secrets. Why don't you like Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island? It's the pace. There's no... The challenge is entirely in finding secrets within the level. If you're not fully invested in that, you're going to have a hard time getting the most out of this game because if you're just going from the beginning of the level to the end of it, it's not really that challenging at all. 
And uh, that's a big component of any game with Yoshi in it is being willing to go look for those secrets. Yeah, it lacks the flow that the more traditional Super Mario platformers have. And that's my issue with it. Uh, I have not beaten it yet. I am okay with it being C tier because I see myself beating it eventually just because it's so interesting. But it sort of reminds me of like playing a Kirby's Epic Yarn or a Yoshi's Crafted World where it's a slower plotting pace and that's not necessarily what I want. It it lacks flow. It's just... It's a different type of game. It, it almost feels unfair to compare it to these other Mario games, and it sticks out like a sore thumb. If you look at the other Mario games, none of them, even like a new Super Mario Brothers, which is pretty slow, or even a even a Super Mario Land, which is pretty slow. Um, it, it's just it's a completely different way of of playing a platformer, and it almost feels unfair to compare the to compare those those games as a result. I guess, but it looks incredible. Yeah, visuals are awesome. Yeah, and they got Nintendo got really creative with those visuals, so it's a great game. It's just it's just not fitting for the series, I feel like. Yeah, it it's a it's a puzzle piece that doesn't fit. It's a square peg in a round hole and and a lot of people like it for that reason, but for the purpose of this list, I feel as though it it's got to be a C-tier game. What else? I mean, what else is a lot of the games that they're eh, they're they're okay. I guess these are the true paint by the numbers games where it's just. I would agree with that. You you just sort of go through the motions with them. Um, you don't really remember a lot about them because they're just not that memorable. But they're 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 fun enough because they're Mario. They're well designed Mario games. And that's basically, so the rest of the list, we've got uh, New Super Mario Brothers, which I think is just too easy. I remember and, I remember the Mega Mushroom, and I remember liking getting the Star Coin. Like, I remember actually liking collecting the Star Coins, which is not something I had previously enjoyed. Like, I didn't care about getting all the Dragon Coins in Mario World, even though I love that game. It didn't really speak to me. I think the follow-ups just expand on what New Super Mario Brothers did so much better so yeah there's no point in going back to it when you have mario brothers U. basically yeah uh next one is the original super mario brothers there's no point in going back to this game when you can just play mario 1-1 over and over and over again in mario 35 <laughs> right uh, and you know i've played a lot of mario 35 well, actually, and not that as a much. result, a lot of a lot of one dash one. Well, you've played it like four hundred times. I mean, that seems like enough. Yeah, I've probably put like twenty five hours into it. I'd say maybe thirty. That's insane. It, that's insane. Yeah, it probably is. Um, I my thing is I'm just I'm just getting S ranks in it each, um, each week. But I think no, my this issue is a with, C rank. I think my issue with Super Mario Brothers is just the physics not a fan of them um the variety is i mean it's basically one of the first nintendo games it's not that interesting there are good moments but there's a reason people always skip from one two to four one and from four two to eight one 
because they don't really want to play the rest <laughs> of the game. Uh, I think it's fair to move on to the next one. Just go. If I'm not saying anything, just go. Super Mario Land for the Game Boy. Just go. It's okay. Um, it's fine. It's it's like the Mario it's like the Mario Brothers of the Game Boy. You know, I I will say I like the levels where you're in the submarine. I was about to say in the I was about to say those those are one of the highlights of that game. If anything brought that out of the the C tier, it would be those levels. I agree. I actually would say that of these games, Super Mario Land of the C tier games, Super Mario Land might actually be my favorite. Um, it it is just it. It's fairly basic. I do really like some of the enemy designs, though, and I like I like the Egyptian level. Uh, the The music is really really you beat good. Me to it, uh, considering it's yeah, like what a nineteen eighty nine. I think game was this a Game Boy launch game? I think it might have that, been. That's a good I question. I do up. not know the answer to. But yeah, the music is really good. I love how the it's not fireballs in this one. It's something else where it just bounces, and you need a ceiling for the it's a bouncy ball. For it to continue bouncing. Oof. I, I might have to replay this one. It he's he's bouncing around the room. And the last C tier game we have is Super Mario 3D Land. Which it's just it's too bite sized. Which it has to be because it's a I mean, it, portable game. Yeah. It, it's literally bite sized. Like when I think about that game, I think about how zoomed in the perspective is and how small everything feels. Yeah, um, which is fine. I mean, it still has some really interesting levels and some interesting power ups and some really interesting. First of all, it's re- it cannot be understated how important this game was to the 3ds's lifespan. It was the first game to demonstrate how the 3D should be used, and it did a really yep. good job. And um, that's all the I 3D have to stuff say about in this that. game. I think is basically legendary. Uh, so if you like the 3DS's gimmick, check out Super Mario 3D Land if you haven't already. Which spoiler you have? All right, D tier. Let's do it. Now we're getting into the games that are fundamentally flawed. Uh, there's only two. Yeah, they're they're just not that good. Piddle, would you like to? Would you like to reveal them? Super Mario Brothers Two uh, or Doki Doki Panic? Yeah. Um, I'll start with what I like about the games. I like that there's four characters to choose from: Mario, Luigi, Toadstool, and uh, or Prin- Princess and Toad. Uh, Toad for life. Although Luigi's pretty awesome too. Um, I don't know. Fighting Birdo all the time. Yeah, you know the levels not super inspired. I like the logs on the waterfalls. Like that's some cool graphics. But I think just kind of a forgettable game. Honestly. I think- I think there's a lot good to it, but it was such a departure because it wasn't a Mario game. Uh, but I, I I think there is something to be said about it does have some degree of discovery to it with um, using the the potions to create doorways and trying to find like mushrooms in like this shadow world. Now, see, I actually I didn't like that because there was too much like trial and error. To yeah. It. That's that's what I didn't like about Mario too. I mean, actually. back then that's that's all you were playing. So, um, Ugh. I number I think one I game just, of nineteen eighty eight, all of nineteen eighty eight, Super Mario Brothers two. That's the only game that a lot of people play. I think that I year. just didn't like the platforming in it, and there isn't nearly as much. A lot of the time, you're doing things other than platforming. It was okay. Um, 
Super Mario Sunshine is our other D tier Mario game. What are your thoughts? Because you replayed this more recently. I'm a lot more passionate about Super Mario Sunshine than even I would say most people who really like the game because I come from a place of really wanting to like the game. I, I replayed it as part of our Super Mario All Star 3D All-Stars thing, and I couldn't bring myself to finish it. By the end of the game, I was exhausted with I was exhausted with the repetitive gameplay. The when you take Flood away from Mario in this game, he controls like it's really sloppy. It feels like, which is weird because I, I just felt like I was falling off of things constantly when I whenever I wasn't using Flood uh, in those little challenge levels. Um, the the world design feels a little rushed. There's only I think eight of them, uh, and it's it's a little limited by the island motif, which I actually like the island motif, but it it just it doesn't have the variety that Mario sixty four had. It doesn't control as tightly. The camera is a little bit of is a little bit stilted. The blue coin thing is a mess. Uh, there's just a lot of problems, and it's not to say that it it can't be good in spots, but there's just so much about it that's just frustrating. You could not in a you good could way. You could cut out Mario Odyssey's beach level, and that alone is better than the entirety of Mario Sunshine, if you ask me. Except except for that volleyball game that was literally the last moon that I think I got in that yeah, game. Yeah, I really don't like that one. But yeah, other than that... Do you remember watching me do that? Like, the, Was it like a hundred? You had to hit it up like a hundred times? Yep, it's terrible. But... Do you remember when I failed at 99 and I, I went home angrily? <laughs> oh, man. It's awful. It was the worst day of my life, probably. Anyway, Mario Sunshine's not that good. What did you What did you think about it? What do you remember about it? All the levels having the same motif was incredibly disappointing. The only thing I like about it is the like boss variety, but because there's so little else to the game, like you're collecting how many blue coins in this game? It's ridiculous. And there's thirty per level, and because of the lack, that's enough. Because of the lack of other things to do in between those boss fights, it, like the bo- boss fights need to be like here and there, bigger things where yeah, you do slow things down a bit and figure out how to defeat the boss. But when you're doing it every like five shines, it really loses its luster quick. It becomes more tedious. Yeah, it's just. It, yeah, I think tedious is the right word to talk about the ups and downs of Mario Sunshine. Like, it's not, it never goes to, like, outright bad, but at its worst, it's like a slog. Um, yeah, it's, 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 like, it's like summer in the Bahamas. Like, mo- like, there's a lot of good parts, but some days it's just like 110 degrees with, like, 100% humidity, and there's a tornado, and there's bugs that are, like, the size of your head. I think for these... And also, everybody is poor. I think for these F-tier games, I'm just going to rush right through them. I cannot believe how much Super we Mario Sunshine this. is like... Super Mario Sunshine is like the fire fest of Mario games. So you know what's uh, worse than Super Mario Sunshine, right? <laughs> I didn't even get a laugh. Come on. You tough crowd. All right. I'm, I'm smiling. What's, what's, what are the F-tier games? F-tier. Okay. I've got Super Mario Brothers, The Lost Levels, the real Super Mario Brothers too. Yeah, ironically, the one that we got was better than the one that we didn't get. Uh, I know a lot of people like The Lost Levels, but it's freaking stupid. It's too, it's too punishing. No one wants to play games this it's hard. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculously hard and not 
And again, it's all the same stuff. I mean, unless you count uh, the like anti one ups or mushrooms, which shrink you or kill you. The poison mushrooms, which they kill you. Yeah, it's like why? Why do I want an item that kind of looks like the good item, but if I'm not paying close enough attention, it kills me, and I have to start all it's over? It's a like, troll. Yeah, that's fun. It's one of the first it, examples of a troll in games. Well, the first example of a troll in games would be, I think, the 1983 text adventure novel, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, because. That game like makes fun of you if you can't get out of the bedroom uh, when they come to destroy your house. I'm going to have to... Don't panic. Eventually play that. Uh, next game is New Super Mario Bros. 2. <sighs> this game's bad. Just don't The whole play thing it. is based on like how, to get, how do you get coins? Just get coins. The levels are like just totally uninspired it's all just it's all based around just getting and coins. for what like what do you do with those coins do you buy furniture for a home or something no you do nothing with them basically yeah, they, you can transfer them you can transfer them to animal crossing new leaf and and no you can't yeah it, this game sucks it's really bad it's there's no challenge to it and you just collect coins. Well, not when you're getting a one-up like every five seconds. That's the other problem. And the last one, you have not played this one, but I played it briefly. Just cause... I've played it. Oh, you did? I've played oh, it. Oh, nice. You played it before the yeah, show. Yeah, this, this is it. not... Uh, no, I didn't play it before the show. I remembered, actually, right when we started recording, that I actually uh, I played this game on uh, a friend of the show... I played it on Tim's cell phone before a concert in like 2017. I The band was about to come on, uh, but it, we were still probably like five or ten minutes away. And I'm like, hey, I really li- would like to try Mario Run. I know you have it on your phone. Like, can you bust that thing out? And I'll, let me just give it a shot. And I, I've completely forgot about it because it was that forgettable of an experience. It's just an, it's just an auto runner that you just tap the screen. It's a freaking mobile game. Who cares? Yeah, it's a mobile game. And as you know, I give all mobile games three out of fives or worse. Like That is a trope of the effortless brand that you, dear listener, will come to know very soon. Man, we should bring back Quest for Mobile Glory. Or not, because that we was miserable. Not. That was miserable for me. All right. So there's another... You should play the mobile version of Chrono Trigger. Or before we move on... I just want our listeners to know that we would love to know your tier list for the Mario series. Yes. We want to know what you disagree with, what you think we are complete idiots on, um, so we can say that, no, you are wrong. We are right. Yeah, because we didn't just put Yoshi's Island as a C-tier game just for bleeps and giggles. We did it to get a rise out of you people. Send us your opinions at thisisbombers at gmail.com. Or you can interact with Piddle and I every freaking day. We never take a break on the Bombers Discord server. Uh, again, this is effortless. It is not Bombers. But you know what? We're leeching off Bombers just like we leached off the Zelda board network. Let's go. What we should have done is we should have given Odyssey like D tier. <laughs> Breath of the Wild, 7 out of 10, breakable weapons. Okay, Piddle, let's take a quick break. Let's listen to some video game music. We'll be right back with more Effortless. I just want to put a little break in there. That's, um, that's a good idea. Because it is a longer episode. Yeah. All right. Whenever so, uh, you're ready. So what, what uh, music are you going to put in? I don't know. 
Xenoblade Chronicles because that that really fits the Mario theme. Is there a really good Mario song that would work for? Mario Land. Let's let's go to Mario Land because we were talking about how good Ooh, the music yeah. is. Yeah, pick pick something from that. Okay. I yeah. Well, someone should work. All right. We'll right. Say we're back and we've got another super game to talk about. We are back and we've got another another super game to talk about. This is not a Super Mario game though. It is Super Lucky's Tale, which I recently replayed. Or wait played for the first time this is a, the xbox one oh, x oh, 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 launch oh, oh. game 4k that you can play this at that's what i played it at and um you know what it's not f tier <laughs> what a great compliment uh that you've given super lucky's tale which is to me about the most forgettable 20 minutes of a platformer i think i've ever played but you beat the game. You hundred yeah. percented. No, 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 you, no way. Wait, did <laughs> you? But you beat it. You yep, finished the I game. I beat it. What did What did you think? Like beginning to end, your impressions. Uh I I think it's, I think it's a C tier Mario game kind of thing. I felt like I was just going through the motions. It was cute. It had a nice visual style, but there was just, it it felt like it was trying to have this memorable scene wherever you went but it wasn't they tried to inject some magic and there just wasn't any i didn't I, think the character design was particularly inspiring i didn't i, I thought the levels were, were pretty interesting there was a really interesting theme uh in the first world that i went to it was like a it was like a mayan had like kind of a mayan feel to yeah. it um Lucky's moves, like his moveset, didn't feel particularly responsive in the little bit that it I was played. Slow. Did you con- did you continue? Yeah, it was a really slow paced game. And maybe that's the issue. Um, I think like maybe if Lucky had been more acrobatic, uh, and just like you had the ability to do things really quickly and sort of go crazy with the actual gameplay, that it would have been more engaging. But no, it was slow and plotting. I mean, he's a fox. He's a close relative of the hedgehog. Shouldn't he be fast? Is yeah, that how that think works? So. But he wasn't. He was pretty boring. Boring. That's all I have to say tail. about that. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, if you if you're interested in it at all, before you move on, I, I want to know. Um, I want to know about the collectibles in this game because is the does this have sort of that '90s collectathon mentality that games like A Hat in Time and uh, and Ukulele have, or is it more of a is it more of a Mario Galaxy like get to the end of the level type thing? All right, so the hub worlds in this game, there's a lot of stuff you can collect, uh, a lot of coins you can collect. That's it, just coins, and that's one thing I hated about the game is you need way too many coins to purchase new outfits. That's all you can purchase. Just a few new outfits for Lucky to wear. That's it. Can I buy coins with real-world money? No. Can I buy outfits with real-world money? Nope. No microtransactions as far as I saw, other than DLC. Can I buy a different game with real-world money? Yes, and I would suggest it. (laughs) 
Uh, the collectibles. I set him up. He knocks him down. The collectibles in the game. This is effortless. Each um, when you like go into a level, there's four different clovers that you can collect, and um, some of them are really obscure, and you'll be lucky to ever figure them out. They, they're almost like Crash Bandicoot level of, of obscure, <laughs> like lucky. Crash Two. And that's you like collect the five letters L U C K Y. Uh, and you beat the level that's a so it's so it's like so it's like donkey kong or yeah k-o-n-g yeah but l-u-c-k-y so that's one more level that's 20 percent more letters 20 percent more fun it was not right? it wasn't oh <laughs> uh, all right I, I just, can we talk about a good whole, game this whole this whole segment has been excruciating. Like, just playing Super Lucky's Tale was an exercise in me being depressed about why a game that looks as good as that isn't better. And it's like, yeah. you can't just put a code into a computer and just randomly generate a cute character and, like, use generic 3D platforming tropes and hope that the game turns out all right, which is kind of what Super Lucky's that's, Tale feels like it, to me. That's a perfect excl- uh, explanation. I played it, and I felt like this game should be better. There's... Like it's pieces are there. It's just missing something good. Didn't have a soul. Must've been it. No soul. All right. Let's talk about a game that I've been playing pedal and not a game, not one game, but how about three games? I teased this at the beginning of the podcast. It is a Capcom visual novel uh, trilogy. It is called Phoenix, Wright. You know what? This game does have souls. And uh, there are many, it has many souls. I'm not sure where you're going with that. Uh, d- d- doesn't uh, isn't one of the characters a medium? Oh yeah, but well, it's not like souls. It's like channeling spirits. But uh, yeah, so you are Phoenix Wright. Uh, you are a um, a rookie in the well in the first game. You're a rookie defense attorney, but as you go through the game, obviously, you know you take on more cases and you become more well known in in the lawyering community. And uh, lawyering, you must do. But in addition to representing your client in court, who always pretty much turns out to be innocent, by the way, uh, you also have to explore crime scenes, uh, adventure, 90s adventure game, point-and-click style, present items to characters, try to get them to tell you more about the evidence that you collect on these crime scenes, and then you have to argue your case in court as to why your client is innocent. Now... This alone, I think, would make a fairly engaging series of games. But what really makes the Phoenix Wright games great to me is the incredible cast of colorful characters that you meet along the way. So you've got your you've got your spirit medium partner friend uh, Maya, uh, who frequently transforms into her dead sister Mia, who dies uh, at the very beginning of the very first game. She gets murdered, and then you have to solve her murder. Later games, you meet uh, like Pearl, who yep. is uh, Maya's cousin. Uh, Pearl is is pretty funny, um, but there's also like standbys like Detective Gumshoe. Of course, Miles Edgeworth, who everybody knows, is in the first two games. Um, there's uh, there's uh, Francesca von Karma in the second game, who's hilarious because every time she's like a she's a prosecuting attorney. Every time she meets Phoenix, she like whips him with her whip for some reason. <laughs> Um, it's, it's, it's very Japanese and it's very strange, but I've really enjoyed playing through the games. And how long has it been since you've played the, any of the Phoenix Wright trilogy piddle? Um, man, it has to be like a decade now. Too long. It's, well, I've, I've played the first one twice. Um, I played 
Trials and Tribulations and Justice for All once each uh, got a good chunk into Apollo Justice, which is after it, but like that original trilogy. Uh, I think the big thing for me is they did such a great job with the translation. I remember reading an article long ago yes. about, you know, the challenges of doing that translation. And the, the game has a lot of jokes that, you know, sort of veer into popular culture lost in translation territory yeah, yeah. and like so japanese pop culture stuff yeah so they had to really figure out ways to make that translate for american audiences and they did it in spades this is a funny game at times i think my biggest complaint is sometimes the text moves a little too slow for me and yeah I some agree. of the like when you're in court um and like a witness makes testimony you basically get to analyze several fragments of their testimony and you need to pick out the right like one. If you're, it, you say like one, if, for example, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, this sentence that I'm saying right now, you have to analyze. And then this next one where I'm talking about something else, you have to analyze that. And then once you're done doing all of that, you have to figure out where the contradictions are and you have to present the right piece of evidence oftentimes to do that. And that can be kind of challenging to figure out exactly what the game logic wants yeah. you to do. Um, but it's generally worth the frustration just because the game is so entertaining. Like when you mess up, it usually makes fun of you in some way, which I enjoy. Um, I think there was just one and, instance and where I, like my thought process was ahead of where the game currently wanted me to be. So oh, I'm trying yeah. to present something. I get that a lot. And it's like, nope, wrong. And I'm like, but... But no, I, I've put it together, and the game wanted me to take additional steps to put it together first. Yeah, it's kind of like that show your work mentality that you need in like math class in third yep. grade or whatever. Um, the the only other complaint I have about the game, and and to me this is kind of what keeps them four out of five, maybe uh, instead of five out of five for the entire trilogy, moving between scene to scene, like when you're doing the investigation, is kind of a pain. Like to try to figure out. So say, for example, you're at Phoenix's law office from there. Maybe you can go to the detention center and the crime scene, but you can't go anywhere else, even though there's like eight or nine different places that you need to visit. So then when you get to the detention center, all of a sudden it opens up like an additional three places you can go. Like from the detention center, you can go to the prosecutor's office or you can go to the police station or something. But those locations you couldn't get to from Phoenix's office for some reason. So basically you just end up menuing a lot of the stuff when you're trying to just go from place to place. And it, it takes up time, especially when you're trying to figure out exactly what you need to do next. Um, so it can be kind of annoying. Uh, and then playing there's that Switch? thing you mentioned in court about... Uh, no, I'm actually playing on my DS. So, so does that mean you get to you not yell have objection? That in the... Yes, and I yell objection every time. Love it. And it really makes my wife happy when I'm playing in bed at like one in the morning. <laughs> and she's asleep. And all of a sudden I yell, objection! Or hold it! Or, uh, I can't believe you stupid game. You're not giving me the ability to go forward because I'm presenting the right evidence, but you're telling me that I'm not, which I yell fairly frequently. I've definitely been the, the um, type of person who <laughs> got frustrated and just started yelling obscenities with the microphone on. <laughs> I mean, you can do that because it doesn't recognize it that well. Yeah. Um. It, yeah. Except in Nintendogs where you have to be like ultra accurate. Screw that game. Anyway, 
Phoenix Wright Trilogy started out as uh, Game Boy Advance games, I believe, yep. in Japan, and then they got localized for the DS. Uh, rumor, Pedal, that just came out today, Capcom was hacked. Should we talk about oh. this, or is this too, like, you didn't I see did this? I did not see this. Okay, we'll talk about it later. But basically, basically, one of the things that came out was that Capcom appears to be planning a re-release of the, both the original Phoenix Wright Trilogy and the Great Ace Attorney series, which is Japanese uh, only uh, release on the 3DS, and uh, will be coming to Switch and PS4 at some point in 2021. Apparently, nice. I'm very excited for that. Well, anyway, anything that you wanted to add on Phoenix Wright other than play it? No, I've I've spent far too long talking about those games, but. Honestly, I mean, each game is probably about 20 to 25 hours a piece. You really spend like three to four to five hours even on some of these court cases because there's just so much that goes into them um, that they're, they're going to eat up a chunk of your time. So if you can get the trilogy on sale on the Switch eShop for like 10 bucks or whatever, it often goes on sale. Yeah. Um, you're getting like 60 hours of quality visual novel gameplay for like 10 bucks. You can't, you can't get entertainment like that for that cheap anymore yeah you really can't it's a lot the phoenix Wright trilogy get it yeah all right well i i tried to play a different trilogy i am two games into it i don't own the third game yet so i will have to purchase that at some point but this is uh very much the opposite of phoenix Wright, and it's chipper like goofy type of gameplay and like dialogue there's a lot of murders there's a lot of killing. Uh, I played the, or started the Metro series. So I played Metro 2033 and Metro Last Light on the Xbox One. And for those who don't know, Metro the Metro series is based off of um, a novel, or it might be a series of novels, uh, by a Russian author, I think it is. And it takes place in... Go, go ahead, pronounce his name. I know you know it. I, I actually don't know his name. So <laughs> great so, research. Sorry. Um it's in the credit it's in the credits of every game. Whatever. Do you think I uh, do yeah, you this think game I read takes the- place uh at- I don't read credits. Yes, I do. This game ta- this game takes place twenty three years after the events of Street Fighter twenty ten, by the way. I don't know if you knew oh, that. I did not know that. For those who don't know though. Carry on. It it's it's uh takes place in like a post-apocalyptic world. Um, there's mutants all over the world. Humanity has basically had to sequester itself on in the like metro tunnels or the subway tunnels uh, underneath whatever Moscow, Ru- all of Russia, in order to hide from all these mutants that are now plaguing the the overworld. And it is. It's a pretty cool series. Uh, at the time when it was released, it was lauded for the visuals, I recall. And I have a hard time even like describing this game. It's a fairly... Both of them are fairly linear first-person shooters. They lean into the horror element a little bit with the monsters of the overworld. Um, those monsters also go into the subway tunnels, of course. And uh, I don't know. I know what your thoughts on the series were when you tried to play it. Watching 
Yeah, watching you play Metro 2033, I, I felt pretty underwhelmed by the entire thing. I was honestly hoping for a little bit more of leaning into the horror, and I was hoping for a little bit more of just kind of like a fantastical experience as opposed to the kind of gritty, more real-world meets crazy monsters approach that we did get. I kind of wanted it to be a little less grounded in in reality uh, than it ended up being, which I, I think is probably my own fault for letting my expectations get ahead of myself. But it's it's just kind of a dreary world, and like watching it was a fairly joyless experience for me. Um, well, I haven't played much, but I watched you play a good chunk of Twenty Thirty Three and Last Light. Yeah, I think for me. The things I really enjoyed about the first two games is the how grounded everything feels in the universe. Um, there's basically like some hot keys for a variety of tasks you can do. So you can uh, turn on, like you've got your flashlight. You're going to be in the dark a lot because you're in the subway tunnels. Um, and you have a battery that you can like manually charge it with you, like you by like squeezing a trigger. So every once in a while, you have to manually recharge it. Otherwise, your light is going to get too dim. Um, you've got... Also- yeah, that's my favorite thing about games is is having to manage my light source because I really man, like I really don't want to be able to see at key moments in the game. Like That's really fun, isn't it? It's like the poison mushroom all over again. Just give me the light. I just... Like, why do we... Why are we trivializing things like this? Usually, it's not... The light isn't, like, just gone like that. It slowly fades, so... It's usually not too much of a hindrance. I think it's more in terms of it pulls you into the world a bit in terms of what you have to do to survive. Uh, You have to... There's a weapon you can use where it's basically a pneumatic gun and you have to, like, fill a pump with, like, air pressure in order to use it. So if you use the gun too much, you're going to have to, like, pause, um, build up that air pressure with it again with a pump, and then uh trying to think of some of the other things um you can check your time which is basically useless time doesn't really play a big factor in the game you can wipe your mask if you get like blood or guts on it um you have to so going into your mask because of nuclear fallout you have to wear a gas mask a lot of the time and you have to like replace filters you need to scavenge in the overworld to find replacement filters so there's some of more survival elements there. The first game was largely forgettable uh, because everything was just so enclosed, dark, morose. And the second game sort of went into like the more joyous side of the game or of the world. um, Show that people actually enjoying life. It opened up combat. So, you're more in like an arena with like a couple levels, usually like a bottom floor and then like an upper floor with like over with like catwalks and everything. So it started to lean more into emergent gameplay where, you know, you could kill the lights and the enemies can't find you because you're hiding in the dark. You can throw on your night vision goggles or if you don't have night vision goggles, just turn off the flashlight of your gun. I like that stuff. That stuff was good. The second game also had some really cool alien-type scenes in it. I did really like the enemy design in the games. I thought that they did a really nice job creating scary, sinewy, you know, 
hulking monsters that you really just kind of want to kill because you know nothing good is going to happen if you get messed up with yep. them. What I'm I'm really excited to see the third one just because I know the third one is a little bit more open ended. And ironically, the, the third one to me was was what got me interested in playing the first two because I saw the yeah. trailer and I saw the E three stuff at Microsoft's press conference that one year, and I was like, "Holy crap, this looks kind of awesome!" Um, and so I don't know, maybe uh, I don't know, maybe it is maybe it is worth going back to the original two, but ultimately, I'm looking a lot more forward to the day where I get to play Metro Exodus and and not have to slog through twenty thirty three and Last Light. But that also is probably a long way off itself. I would be lucky to, I think, play Metro 2033 before the year 2033 <laughs> at this point. Oh, man. You're reminding me how I just looked at how how many hours of uh, backlog I have for just my Xbox collection right now. How, how many hours now? It is sitting at 61 days, 18 hours. Woo! All right. What are you starting with? Are you finally going to play Yakuza 0? I start there. Oh man, those long games. I just, I don't have it in me right now. Put, put in 12 hours a day. You can do it. What are you doing? If, apart from recording effortless, what are you doing? Nothing. I, I could try to beat it in the next three days. This is true. This is an option available to me. There is no, there is no try. There is only play Yakuza zero. Whew. Be ready for the next, uh, effortless, or, or oh wait, sorry, <laughs> bombers podcast. Well, we're never gonna do an episode of Effortless again. We've already been I, like I can already hear Deg complaining that we went way too long on this show. But you know what? I don't. And care. we have we had a lot of downtime. This is effortless. So, not that much. Let's 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 veer away from dark, sad games that are all like you know black and brown and gray. Back to Pokemon games with colors in the title. It has all the colors. Pokemon. Oh, crap. What about Pokemon Black? Is the absence of color. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a problem. That that goes against everything, we're, everything we stand for. I mean, are sun and moon colors? Yeah. Yes. Sun yellow and moon white. They are Crayola, they are Crayola crayons. You can only get them in the... In the Crayola 1084 box. Hey, black is in that. A thousand different crayons. Black is in that box as well. No, black is not in that box. It's um, it's only, it's like ink you, is the name of the crayon. You know what's, and it's it's actually not a crayon. It's it's just a pen. You know what's so infuriating about all those Crayola boxes as a kid is you always run out of the black crayon first. They needed to put like 10 black crayons in every box. But they never did. Am I the only person who like doesn't see a lot of value in a white crayon? Because you're coloring on what color paper? White? I mean, I guess construction okay, paper. So, yeah, but I mean, it, it, white never really came out the same way as the other colors. It always felt like a weaker color. It did, it never felt like it was really providing the color power that I that I required <laughs> for my for the intensity of my drawings. Also, my parents were really poor, so I never got the like the big like hundred Crayola box. We only got like the twelve. I only got yeah. The they only packs. got you the bare minimum, and you're just like, "What is this? What am I supposed to do if I don't have like cerulean skies in my collection? Where is my macaroni and cheese crayon? Damn it! 
Now let's talk about Pokemon Macaroni and Cheese Edition. Um, I've been playing, I, I think I mentioned this on this week's, ep- or this last week's episode of Bombers. Uh, I've been playing my Game Boy Micro, um, oh. which I love dearly, more than my cat and my wife combined. Um, so I've been playing Leaf Green, and uh, I'm not super far into it, but it's reminding me of how much I used to like the old style of Pokemon games, where it's like, here's your Pokemon, go freaking fight it to the death, go. And like, no preamble, just get out there, start killing things. And this is a very existential conversation on what it means to be a Pokemon trainer in the year 2020. But I can't say I really care much for the quote-unquote immersion that the Pokemon company has really been forcing on us with Pokemon games. I would say basically since the third generation, but really more amplified since this about the sixth generation when they went 3D. And they started implementing stuff like the Pokemon Ami thing, and then the, like the Rotom camera thing, and Sun and Moon, and then Sword and Shield, all this different stuff. Um... Like, I just, what, what happened to, to the RPG, the simple RPG that I loved? You know, I don't know. I've been sort of having, having a, a hankering for more Pokemon just because um, someone's been playing Let's Go Pikachu in my home, which, you know, I know it's, that's a dialed back Pokemon game, but it sort of doubles down on like the simplicity of the first of Pokemon and what killed Pokemon I mean, for me yeah, is when it that got game's, too, that game's too simple though. Pokemon just got, it has this like simple facade and then underneath it, it just got way too complicated, way too complicated. And that's what killed it for me is along with the storylines, the storylines just became uninteresting to me i don't even know how you fix that in the series i don't know that they ever were particularly like interesting. the first one was just simple okay be the best trainer well yeah but like to me it wasn't so much the story it was the quality of the npcs like gary felt like not gary uh, blue i guess technically if you're gonna you know anyway um he felt like an actual not villain but like somebody that you wanted to take yeah. down uh, I really have a problem with your set of rivals in the last few Pokemon games because they just annoy the crap out of me. They're not like, they're not rivals. They're just annoying and they yeah. suck. Like they're not good at Pokemon and like mo- most of them like uh, have these existential crises during the course of the game where they're like, oh, I suck at Pokemon. I'm, I'm going home. Like my brother's always going to be better than me. It's like, dude, shut up. Shut up and die already. I don't care about you. <laughs> and, like, they keep interrupting. Like, every time in, in Pokemon Sword and Shield, every time you walk anywhere, they keep interrupting you with cutscenes. And it's like, just let me go through the world, please. Long cutscenes that give unnecessary exposition. Well, like, it would be one thing if I liked the characters and I wanted to hear them speak, but mostly I don't. Like, mostly I just want to be left alone. I want Pokemon to be like I know Choice. it's about like trading and and catching Pokemon with your friends, but like I, I view Pokemon as a solitary experience at this point. I, I feel like I always have. Maybe I'm maybe it's my fault. Maybe I'm not playing the game the right way. I don't necessarily think so. As you know, I've I've had a hard time getting back into the series since Diamond Pearl. That's quite a while now. 
13 years. I actually I actually really liked the fourth generation of Pokemon games. I feel like I'm fairly alone in that, but that might be primarily nostalgia driven because that's when I was in like junior high and high school and I had a bunch of friends who were like actively playing it and we were we put hundreds of hours into that generation of games. Yeah, that makes um, quite the difference. Like making really Yeah, so I think I mean maybe if people are having that experience with Sword and Shield, but like t- t- now there's just too many games to play. I don't have I don't I have friends who play Pokemon, but they also play other games and I play other games and I mean it would help if if my boy toy boyfriend Piddle was into Pokemon more, maybe. I apologize. Maybe you should. I feel like I won't get back into it until they do something drastically different and I don't know that that's going to happen. I think my big problem is I don't know what that is. I don't know what that big evolution, pardon the uh, semi-unintentional pun, uh, uh, that that they can really bring to the Pokemon franchise that's going to make that big difference. What can they do to Breath of the Wild if I, Mario Odyssey if I, uh, the Pokemon games? What can they do to make that big epic adventure that we all They're want? also sort of stuck because I feel like maybe they could do something if they really cut back on the Pokedex, picked some fan favorites, and that's it. Like, really expanded what you could do with those Pokemon at the expense of cutting out, oh, you know, 800 Pokemon. Well, I mean, they dialed that back already in this game, and nobody was happy, and you were still limited. Yeah. Like, so no, nobody won, I feel like, with Sword and Shield. And I feel like I'm crapping on the games a lot. I, I did enjoy my time with them to an extent but it just we were talking about how earlier in the in the, earlier in the show we were talking about how mario games that are in that s tier really have that little extra something that makes it special and i don't even feel as though pokemon games lately have been that a tier rank where they're still really great games maybe they don't have the magic but they're still really great and they're basically perfect at what they're trying they what they set out to do i feel like we've been in that paint by numbers stage for quite a while now i think the last time i could say i was really impressed by a series of pokemon games was black and white yeah it's it's that same exactly like he said it's it's lost its magic pokemon needs its mojo back maybe it needs to take a few i, I mean they would never do this maybe it needs to take a few years off you know Maybe absence makes the heart grow fonder. I mean, I can think of uh, something that took a few years off and came back strong tonight. And it was magical. This is a professional host, ladies and gentlemen. Man, I got chills from that. Effortless. 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 Spiegel pedal effortless. Effortless. Effortless, effortless, Spiegel Pedal Effortless.